he believes to be of quality. But there is, unseen by most, an episodic horror-based TV show. A show that still holds up. A show called Tales from the Dark Side. This is a cage. Congratulations, Mr. Bigelow. You have just managed to reason out the very obvious. Once you've given up tobacco, you'll find your mind works much more clearly in the morning. Hey, what's up? And welcome back to Talks from the Dark Side, the podcast where we talk about Tales from the Dark Side, the anthology horror television show from the 80s created by Richard Rubenstein and George Romero. I'm Joe Escola. And I'm Sean O'Rourke. Today we're talking about Bigelow's Last Smoke, directed by Tim Naranon, with a story by Ken Hannes and Craig Mitchell, from June 9th, 1985. I can only imagine how Mr. Bigelow in this episode feels. In fact, we had a very long day today, Joe. Otherwise, I was going to sit down and maybe roll some Jaybirds, because that was my (laughs) my personal correlation. Oh, some hand-rolled goodness, yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe break the bong out. You know, I didn't want to get demonetized on the show, but... (laughs) I, the thought crossed my mind what this man went through in this very uh, 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 Twilight Zone-esque episode. Yeah, Frank Bigelow, male gigolo. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he's, 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 a, he's, he's got a bad smoking habit. Oh, big time. Oh, yeah. So Frank Bigelow, mm. Richard Romanus, that's the actor who plays Frank Bigelow. Yes, and he is in a ton of shit like Sopranos. He's done a ton of like voice acting. Yeah, he's the voice of Weehawk. In in Wizards? Yeah, you had mentioned that. And Harry Canyon in Heavy Metal. So yeah, Bigelow's Last Smoke. Now, you might have noticed, it's just the two of us for this episode, uh, due to scheduling issues and stuff like that, uh, Chris will not be joining us for this episode or the next episode, Grandma's Last Wish, but he will be back for The False Prophet and the wrap-up for the first season and, of course, into the second season of Tales from the Dark Side. Um, Shit happens, as the Predator says. (laughs) The writer also says, want some candy? <laughs> want some ciggies? <laughs> uh, so in, in Chris's honor, I will be reading the Fangoria synopsis for this one. Yes. And uh, Chris, I hope I do you justice. A sinister psychiatrist subjects tobacco fiend Bigelow to a nightmarish cold turkey cure for nicotine addiction. Imprisoned in his apartment and tormented by an infernal smoke detector. Yeah. Uh, Bigelow finds there's no escape from the oppressive treatment. It's pretty, pretty quick to the point, kind of gets the whole, uh, plot. It's almost like it is a plot crunch, literally. Yeah, that is kind of what this is about. Well, it's a very simple episode, but it's a very layered episode. Yeah. And Psychologically I, layered. I episode. agree. And I specifically, you know, we're going to get into this in a second, but no. I, I mentioned Twilight Zone specifically. And, you know, I guess you could argue a lot of these episodes are pulling from Twilight Zone because that's kind of like, obviously, there was other anthology shows at the time, but that's like the, you know, OG for lack of a better term. But I could just picture Rod Sterling walking in after the narration in the beginning <laughs> of this episode, like hardcore. Like I was picturing it, man. Frank Bigelow, tobacco addict. So, so your friend Bigelow, he fills you up. Uh, Try to <laughs> so, take it all the way back so to Frank, that joke. So Frank Bigelow tries to fill you up. Go back to the elves episode mm. if you want the the uh, detective Rod Serling. Mm, um, mm. Yeah, so we open up 
And we get Richard Romanus right. as Frank Bigelow. And he is awoken <laughs> out of a deep sleep. And he's looking for his cigarettes. And he can't find them in a drawer. And oh, they're on the windowsill. So, yeah, that's where I left them. Uh, something's not quite right. In his yeah. in his apartment, right? He turns the TV on. He's just got static. That's already a you know an indicator. It's all snow, and you know we've all been there where we've wake woken up and like we're just out of sorts and we're like trying to get the fucking day going. And I remember when I used to smoke, dude. I <laughs> needed to have a smoke to start your heart, Joe. Yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> I needed a cigarette in the morning. I needed to get up, have my coffee. Like it was like a ritual, dude. I had my coffee. I went outside. I had my cigarette, maybe two, uh, before you know I got going. I get it. Yeah. That's same with me. Maybe sometimes, you know, <laughs> wake and bake, folks. <laughs> so he quickly notices that something's not right. And and the and the television's all fuzz. Mm. And then um Well then he goes to the window to get the smokes and he sees the bars on the window. Yeah, and he starts freaking out and he's like, I'm in a fucking cell. So there's bars on the windows, the TV flashes on, and who else but Sam Anderson pops up on the screen as Dr. Synapsis. Hey Joe. Yep. Did you hear? Brad Brown's back in town. That's the fucking headline, baby. This is Mr. Morgan from Critters 2. Now, I had a little uh, MDU connection that I wanted to bring up because it's like, okay, so he ran the paper in Grover's Bend, right? Sure. But then the Critters came, destroyed everything, but he got the technology from Charlie Bounty Hunter to revolutionize the rehabilitation uh, uh, of uh, addicts. Well, yeah, yeah. The rehabilitation market. Right, oh. revolutionized it with the alien technology. So we abuse that little fucking remote control that Brad has. Sure, and yeah. then you know later in life, I don't know the timeline on this, but MDU, uh, him and his wife uh, Rose, uh, they get on an airplane and it crash lands on the island in Lost. Uh, and uh, you know who else is on that island? John Hurt, Terry O'Quinn. The winter stepfather himself. Oh yeah, I meant John Locke, not uh, not John. Maybe John Hurt's there. Maybe he's the black smoke. So he's freaking out. And this guy's talking, you know, Sam Anderson is talking to him on the screen and he's like fucking throwing shit off shelves. He kicks a hole in the wall at one point to like try to get out. And like there's like chicken wire. He's like, this isn't my apartment. And Sam Anderson's like, yeah, no shit. We've already established that asshole. He's like, you know, after you stop smoking, you'll be able to think clearer in the morning. Yeah. And he he starts lighting up because he does find those ones on the windowsill. And these like bright lights just hit him like, ah, ah, ah. and this fucking screen changes. It says smoking demerits one. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> so Sam tells him that he's in a simulacrum, which <laughs> is like a simulation of his apartment yeah, or yeah. a microcosm thereof. Right. Um, It's a jail cell. Oh, yeah. Big oh, time. Yeah. So, yeah. So every time he lights up a cigarette, that fucking alarm goes off and he gets hit with like this wave of like lights and sounds and it, like fucks him up until he puts the cigarette out. Yeah, and yeah. that's kind of like the way that they cure his addiction. Now, I've seen this one other time okay. in, in Cat's Eye with Quitter's oh. Inc., the Stephen King written Quitter's Inc., which is about a guy who smokes, James Woods, who smokes. Wow. And uh, he signs up for a quitting program. Now, the difference is the Quitter's Inc. in that movie works more like the mob. Oh. And there's like mafia, there's like the, the Quitter's Inc. mafia, there's always somebody watching you. Hmm. Okay. Like you go about your daily life and there's like people in the closet, people want like in, in next to you. Want to make sure you don't ever sneak one in. Next to you in traffic. So what happens if if they catch you smoking? They hurt 
the people that you love. Oh, okay. There's like <laughs> a, a point, way darker version of this. Yeah, there's like a point. There's like a part where like they take their his wife and they put he, they put her in this room with like electric shocks on the floor and they torture the shit out of her. Was this run by uh, John Kramer? It uh, could be. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to play a game? You can stop smoking if I just torture your wife. Uh, Mister Mister Saw himself. Great episode. A uh, great episode. Great story. Uh, I definitely want to cover Cat's Eye at some point. Okay. But yeah. anyway, so that's the only other time I've seen this happen sure. but the way that this is it's more like yeah he's trapped in this cell and he's he's uh, uh you know you know audibly bludgeoned by this uh alarm system and like this wave of of I they call it torture yeah. device but uh, I don't know exactly what's happening well I mean he, I forget if it's the first or second demerit because he keeps trying to smoke throughout because there's even a scene where he's sitting on the lounge chair and, and Sam Anderson's like, yeah, okay, you want to smoke? Yeah, you want to play with fire? And he drops like 40 packs of cigarettes on his head. And well, he's they, like, Ugh, no, I, I won't do it. I won't do it. He, yeah, they keeps, he keeps like tempting them. Yeah. And there's these cool parts where like uh, he'll be wanting a cigarette and craving it. But then like it, it's almost like there's a camera in the room with him. And, mm. and that shows up on the TV at one point of like. All of these packs of cigarettes like lined up on the on the uh, on yeah, the, like dominoes on the counter. Yeah. But then like it cuts and like he's there mm. grabbing for them and like lighting them up. But yeah, like Sean said, um, he gets these smoking demerits and each time the fucking alarm keeps getting worse and worse and worse. He's like a kid, you know, just keep taking shit out of the room when they're being bad. Yeah. <laughs> like we start and there's like a television, the radio, all coffee the pot. coffee pot, all the shit. And then he ends up like the room is completely bare at one point and he's just like, you know, huddled in the corner. Oh, yeah. He is strong. Ow. Yeah. You don't even know how much time has passed. Yeah. But I like this, though, because this is where we find out that, uh, you know, he's like, you can't do this. You can't keep me here. And Sam Anderson's like, oh, yes, we can. He holds up the contract. He's like, that's your signature, Mr. Bigelow. He's like, oh, I signed something to, like, get sent away to maybe do it, but I never got confirmation. I'm like, well, there's a very long list and we finally got to you. So they, so when they finally get to you, they drug you. Right. And they put you in a simulacrum of your living space. That's a lot of work, but I guess it's it's effective. I, I, they have a 100% success rate, Sean, well, we find for out. curing the addiction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, another wrinkle to this is, like Joe had mentioned earlier, he kind of breaks a part of a wall and sees, like, chicken wire. But there's this, like, basically this uh, 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 bodiless voice that's, Dis like, disembodied. Disembodied, yeah. Uh, talking to him, like, hey, Bigelow, hey, they just if you just don't smoke, you just just lie to him. Just lie to him. Howard Dayton, by the way, who's in who's physically in another episode oh. uh, called Black Widows, which I'm very excited to get to. We'll get to it. The name alone has my uh, skin crawling. So Howard Dayton is the voice on the other side of this wall. The man, the man in the wall, if you will. <laughs> Not the man in the bag Not from, the from Theodore the Rex. Yeah, um, or maybe he is. We don't ever see him. It could be. It's possible. But he's a, he's a. I, I got no cigarettes, but I got a match. And he's like, well, I got a cigarette, but no match. He's like, well, give me the cigarette. And when I get some cigarettes, I'll give you a cigarette back and you can have this match. What do you say? Uh, yeah. Well, first he's like, because that, that does happen. You're right. But at yeah. first he's like, I got a pack here. He's like, give me the whole pack. You can keep one. Well, that was that's after this. Oh, okay, okay. Because then, like, it, you know, uh, Anderson, like, drops one on the floor and he, like, rips his whole pack open. He's like, hey, buddy, give me a cigarette. Give me a cigarette. And he's like, okay, but you, ha I can tell you how to disengage the alarm. Right. But you got to give me all your cigarettes. He's like, all of them? He's like, well, you keep just one. And he's like, can I keep two? He's like, nope, one. One, yeah. With one match, so yeah, you better not fuck it up. <laughs> so he takes the cigarette, gives him a pack of cigarettes. And without even lighting up, the fucking alarm goes off. Yeah, they're watching you, asshole. Now, we've seen this alarm go off two or three times already. This is an obnoxious alarm. And it's a static shot. 
of the alarm. So it's it's separated from everything else. There's no perspective to it at all. Yeah, this is genius. So Bigelow goes insane from the from the alarm, and you see him stand up and go for the alarm. Now you think he's gonna grab it and it's just sure. gonna be the size of his hand. This fucking thing is like the size of a flying saucer. <laughs> And he's like, ah, ripping it apart. Wires are falling out. He rips it out of the ceiling and just beats the shit out of it. But the, but the kicker is, in the process of doing that, he bends and breaks his only cigarette. Yeah. And he's kind of like, and he's like trying to put it together and like smoke it. This little tiny like nub. Uh, and the whole time, it's just very like, uh, um, it's surreal it's, it's as like hell. A, it's like an assault on the senses because it's like mm. that uncomfortableness where it's like so fucking loud, like ringing in your ears, this alarm, and he's trying to smoke this fucking thing. Goes crazy. He ends up blacking out again. Right. And waking up back in his apartment. Was it all a dream, Sean? Well, well I his mean. Cigarettes, his cigarettes are in the drawer that uh, that he had put there the night before. He opens them up, but he doesn't even want a cigarette anymore. Right, like, right, I don't right in the trash. Cigarette. Right in the trash. Goes over to the coffee pot, pours himself a knife. Beautiful cup of coffee, sits down. He's very satisfied with himself. He beat it. He fucking beat. Well, you know, his dad died of lung cancer. He's not chancing it. Yeah, he he beat the addiction, right? Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. That addiction. Yeah. <laughs> As we find out, because the alarm starts going off. And he's like, what is going he's on? Like, oh, oh, I, I beat it, I beat it. And, and you know, Mr. Synapsis is on the screen again. He's like, well, that was that addiction. Now we're going to work on your coffee addiction. Your caffeine addiction. And the classic, you know, coffee drop. <laughs> Drops the mug. <laughs> smashes all over the and place. And Sam Anderson's like, that's a good start there, Mr. Bigelow. And he's like, Aah. he just starts screaming. And then again, Rod Sterling walks in. Mr. Bigelow. <laughs> or, you know, I don't know the rest, but from, that, again. From, from cigarettes to coffee, <laughs> caffeine will kill you. In the Twilight Zone. In the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I can picture it. You can picture it, right? Yeah, I could. I could totally picture it. So, what do you think of this episode? I had said previously that uh, if the shoe fits was my favorite episode of the season, and then maybe like the odds, or or uh, I forget the name of the episode, but the one. Please don't help me. Oh, oh, uh, 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 painkiller, painkiller. But I think actually this one is my favorite. Well, we still have two or three more episodes to go. Or two more episodes. Okay, well, just pretend I didn't say that and find out what I'd seen <laughs> on the last two that I definitely haven't watched already. I, I think this is a fun game because you you haven't seen the whole season yet and you're already calling your favorites. Yeah, I mean... I'm curious. You're my, not wrong. My point is I'm curious to see what, what it turns out to yeah, actually be. Sure, and then when we kind of go back and look at the whole season, maybe when I actually sit down and read you know, every episode Evaluate, again, say, oh, yeah. I forgot about this one or this one. Yeah. Uh, this is a lot of fun. For one that takes place in one location, it's kind of funny, the last episode... I, I I didn't like it for the I mean part of that's because he's on the phone. At least this one he has like uh uh Mr. Groper with yeah. James Hong. Mr. Groper. This one at least you have him interacting with another person and even the guy on the wall. Uh and, and it is one of those one location episodes that really works. Um it's yeah. it's kind of the point. Yeah, big time. And the acting's really solid. Again, like I'm joking. I I, th- I just put myself in this guy's shoes. Obviously, you know, well, maybe not obviously, but marijuana ain't like cigarettes. You ain't gonna be, you know, uh that freaked I mean, maybe some people will. You know, you spoke some of those cannons from Predator 2. You know, get back to me. <laughs> but uh, I just, I, that was a funny thing in my head I was thinking about, too. Like, if, if that happened, in, like, if this was made nowadays, yeah. it might not be cigarettes. It might be, like, uh, e-cigs or something like that. You have, like, uh, a chart. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Not that we want to remake this show, but I was just thinking about I don't that. need a vape episode, but yeah, I can see. Uh, I, I could see how that would that would work with the popcorn lung and all that bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's just a really good episode, and uh, I don't have much else to say. It's, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's a, it's a great one. Um, 
I, again, you know, you hit the nail on the head with the, with the zone feeling. You know, this is this is back to the uh, a psychological type horror for oh, an no, episode. Yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? So, uh, and again, like just to your point about the the uh, the one location, you know, it's very isolating, and it and what's even more terrifying to it to me is that it's a safe space that you that mm. you would think you would be safe in right your apartment your, your home yeah. yeah your home or your your bedroom or what have you and it kind of uh, uh uh twists that in a way where now you're imprisoned in it you know what i mean so it has this weird like claustrophobic kind of air to it that uh, that 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 uh tur- turns turns again your safe space into into something terrible you know what I mean? Like you're locked in, especially when they start taking stuff away from them. Yeah. Now you're taking stuff out and and already trying to beat the addiction and the withdrawal and the mood swings and all of that stuff from the nicotine, uh, 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 you know, fucking with his body. Yeah. That on top of, you know, this mystery man that he's never seen before popping up on this television screen, telling him what to do, telling him what, you know, bright, like bribing him with the fucking smokes and really, really pushing his buttons to see how far he could push this guy. And then on top of that, you have this this horrible alarm that blare that's blaring and like and like really uh, shakes you to your core and stuff. Um, It's very maddening, the whole thing. Um, uh, being trapped in a familiar place that's supposed to bring comfort and brings you extreme discomfort so you can overcome, uh, something so horrible mm. or, or an addiction rather, just like speaking in, in layman's terms, not just yeah. for cigarettes. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a really good one. It's, it's impactful too, because you get a little bit, like you said, you get a little backstory of Big, Bigelow's thing, how his, how his dad, uh, had the lung cancer and stuff and kind of signed up inadvertently and then like, had no idea that they were just going to like abduct him and bring him into this place. Like it just happens, you know? I mean, I think he even says in the episode, like, why well, I just, I got a little paranoid, but I got over it. And they're yeah. like, well, you signed the fucking contract. <laughs> but it's also, it's also a testament to the fact that like, how many things do we, do we agree to or, or, uh, you know, blindly sign up for sure. or, or subscribe to rather without reading the fine print or the repercussions thereof. Because like now he's still trapped there and it's a caffeine thing. So it's like, did he also sign that additional uh, uh, piece of paper that's like, OK, so after my cigarettes, then it's going to be caffeine. Or is this guy just perpetually keeping him there right. in this weird asylum for like study? What, you know? What's the next addiction when he kicks out? You play a little bit too much Doom. <laughs> too much Doom over. I mean, I don't think it was out yet, but you get what I'm saying. Video games. You're playing too much. Uh, what is it? Super Mario Brothers. Uh, yeah, too yeah. much uh, Nintendo Entertainment System. You beat The Legend of Zelda six times. It's enough, Bigelow. Play a different game. But it's really good. It's it's a very it's a very good psychological episode and it works and it's simple and it especially it's effective for the runtime too. Um, we get to spend enough time with Bigelow where uh, we know this guy care for him and um, see his descent mm. into madness, you know. And recovery? Question mark. <laughs> yeah, it leaves kind you hanging, of, man. It leaves yeah. you hanging. It's it's a very good one. Yeah, and that's it. That's Bigelow's last smoke. So uh, until next time. I'm Joel Escola. And I'm Sean O'Rourke. Tales from the Dark Side is always there, waiting for us to watch it, waiting for us to hit play. Until next time, try to find it on DVD and watch along with us.